Hi, everyone. This is Steve Bose from the HR Happy Hour Show. Before we get to today's HR Happy Hour Podcast Network show, I wanted to remind you that you can subscribe to all the shows on the HR Happy Hour Podcast Network. That means We're Only Human, Research on the Rocks, The Human Friendly Workplace, HR Market Watch, and of course, the flagship, the HR Happy Hour Show, just by searching for HR Happy Hour on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy the show. From HR Wins, I'm George LaRock. Welcome to the HR Market Watch Future Work Podcast. The recruiter's role is changing quickly. Everyone is trying to look into the future right now and anticipate the role of the recruiting function and of the recruiter. What will that be in just a few years? We've never seen tech emerge in such rapid cycles like we are now. In the world of recruiting, there's a lot of anticipation and an equivalent amount of anxiety over the impact the emerging wave of bots, artificial intelligence, automation, and machine learning will have on recruiters and their function. Now, this is a conversation I'm having more and more as I meet with talent and HR leaders from around the world. Some are worried that it will impact the existence of recruiting jobs and make the process less human. Will there be fewer recruiters just a few years from now? Some feel it's going to change the role, actually improve it. Now, I'm on a quest to cut through the hype and discover where this technology has been tested and implemented, what use cases we have, and how those might help us understand better where we're headed. In a recent podcast, you might have heard me say that normally I like to draw my perspectives from and answers from experience and data. The challenge here is that we don't have a lot of useful history or use cases. In the past, we've seen tech go through very repeatable adoption cycles that were they're just a lot slower and we could see the impact emerging and make fair assumptions about where we're headed but this wave this is coming on fast so as i'm looking to under the future role of recruiting and of the recruiter i'm asking for insight from people that have some hands-on perspective to share no hype no theory I'm pleased to let you listen in on a conversation that I've been excited to have. There, there are really only a few people in the industry that get to put their hands on as much new tech and test it as today's guest. Okay, sticking with the topic of how the role of the recruiter will change in light of all of this artificial intelligence, machine learning, and automation, I've got a great guest for us here today. Uh, he is Jason Roberts, the Global Head of Technology and Analytics at Ronstad SourceRight. Ronstad SourceRight drives the talent acquisition and human capital management strategy for the world's most successful employers. Uh, so my personal experience with Jason in the past, um, Jason's got this seat in the market uh, in his job, he basically gets to to play with all of the technology, test everything out, uh, and make recommendations to some of the biggest employers uh, in the market. Uh, so I'm envious of his role. And Jason, I'm so glad that you joined us today. Thanks for being here. I'm thrilled to be here, George. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, I anything I, did I leave anything out about Ronstadt or anything you'd like folks to know about you before we dive into the conversation? 
I'm, I'm not going to say anything because you made me sound way cooler than I actually am. So <laughs> we're going to leave it exactly where you left it. <laughs> All right. Okay. You're pretty cool. I, you know, I, we got to have dinner uh, a few weeks ago with uh, a mutual customer and, um, I'm, uh, you know, that was one of the most fun business conversations I've had. So I'm, I'm really glad to folks get to listen in on, on something like this. So, all right, diving right in that, you know, we've both been in the industry a long time. Um, you've been in this, um, recruitment process, outsourcing leadership, you know, role, and you've had that vantage point, um, which is, which is, you know, a great place to see the trends and what's having impact. So I'm really curious, what, what do you see as the, the, uh, you know, impact issues, you know, what's, what's, what is changing the landscape before we talk about how, how it'll impact the recruiter? Well, it's, it's faster than it's ever been. I think HR tech is, uh, is moving really, really quickly right now. Um, in fact, I think it's moving so fast that, uh, your TA leader, your normal TA leader doesn't have time to react and having best in class, everything is incredibly difficult. At, the, at this point, um, I, I remember when video interviewing showed up. It took it took literally years to get people to to sort of come around to the idea of video interviewing. Though the the time savings business case was a no brainer, the actual act of sort of getting that adopted was really hard. Um, you sort of counterbalance that with bots and the rollout of. Uh, the, the bot-based tools that we all know of, the Mayas and Olivia's and Alio's and all of those. And those things are moving so fast. People are, are, uh, are deeply interested. They want to use them instantly. And it's just a matter of, of getting the bots to do all the things we want them to do. I think we're in this inflection point where we all see incredible potential in, in this technology and the, the interactivity that it provides. And the technology hasn't quite lived up to our um, expectations that yet. So um, I'm starting to see a little bit of uh, uh, bot fatigue and frustration come in, but I think there's still going to be a, a deep interest in that. Um, SMS uh, communications. So uh, if you're not texting candidates, you're, you're missing the boat along the way. Um, that's a big deal right now. Um, and uh, just, I can't stress enough how fast this market moves. I've never seen it move this quickly. Yeah, I would, I would agree. It's really, it's really hard to keep up with. Um, I, there's this, uh, perception that, uh, there's a lot of hype and not a lot of, uh, you know, use case, not a lot of real experience, but I'm, I'm hearing different things and you, you know, you're, you know, you've got your feet right on the ground with these employers that are testing some of this stuff. Are they having success with, with the bots and, and with these tools? I think it's really early. I think uh, the places where I'm seeing a great deal of success is high volume, low skill work. So um, hospitality industry, um, uh, if you've got sort of manufacturing environment jobs, those sorts of things, uh, retail, that's where I'm seeing a lot of the use of the bots. In fact, uh, we were talking earlier about uh, Alio and uh, I'll, I'll just recount my first experience with those guys. I'm out at dinner, I'm at Maggiano's of all places, and there's this, uh, this phone number that says text here to apply for a job. And like hopefully many of, of the other people that are listening to your podcast, 
I do that every time. I apply for jobs in all <laughs> sorts of weird places. And uh, I applied for a job with Alio, or I, I, I didn't know it was Alio, at, at Maggiano's. And it texts me back and says it was, it was Ali from Maggiano's and, I'm, uh, and asked me some questions. Zip code, I, I was, I'm interested in looking at jobs near and things like um, uh, which of the available jobs I, I'm most interested in, screens me for the, for the job that I say that I want. Uh, by the way, I'm very qualified for front of house at Maggiano's. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm perfect. So they decide to schedule an interview for me. Um, uh, booked the interview. And then a couple of weeks later when I had booked, I booked the interview as far out as it would give me an option to do. I booked this thing. A couple, uh, the day before the interview itself, they send me another message and say, hey, it's time for your interview. You ready? And I said, wait, no, I, I, I've got to cancel. And then they sent me sort of the follow-up. Oh, sorry. You know, sorry, you couldn't make it. Is there anything we can do different, differently next time? Uh, so literally automated the entire process up to the, man, the manager interview. And I didn't go any further than that. So I don't know what parts of that piece they pick up, but um, I think the bots are doing well in that space. I think when you start leveling up uh, in the, the skills of, of the organization, the use cases start to, to minimize. It's the process is, isn't as, as cleanly on the rails. Um, you can't determine qualifications based on six knockout questions any longer. Uh, you need a more in-depth conversation. So that's where I'm seeing these, these bots start to struggle. Though, um, what I'll say is I'm working with a couple that are really close. Some of the ones that, that you probably haven't even heard of yet uh, as listeners, you, um, because they, they've been sitting in the background building conversation engines so they can have deeper conversations um, while some of these other companies have been building sort of just functional technologies to, just to get out the door and get the process flowing. Um, you, you sort of had to decide that as a, as a leader, as a startup, which way you're going to go. So the ones who have been back, the, they're building deep conversation capabilities. Their products haven't shown up yet. And we're about to start getting those products in the next uh, six months, I would imagine. And, and the ones that I've seen so far are pretty astounding. Now, you need a lot of, uh, a lot of data to do that. It takes a lot of time, right? It, uh, the conversational type thing. Um, it, it, it seems like uh, that would only, will, will that only work in a high volume environment? Or are they uh, leveraging enough, a big enough data set now where they can go to market you know, with in any environment. So I'm really looking forward to talking about this in about six months. <laughs> okay. I can tell you more about this in six months. There's, there's a project that, that uh, we're doing some co-development on. I'm actively working on right now um, that uh, it, you don't have to be in the high volume in order to make it work, but you have to take a, a different approach than we've historically taken in, in the recruiting industry. So um, there is a new thing that we're, that we're working on right now in conjunction with, with one of the companies that's out there. Okay. Okay. So well, that's continue. Cool. We'll, we'll come right. back. We'll, I'll, I'll come back. we got a reason. Yeah. Reason to follow up. That's, that's great. So, yeah. uh, well, it's, it's also good to know you can always fall back on, uh, Maggiano's. So that's, that's good to hear. Um, that's true. I, I can always be the, the front of the house. So <laughs> I'm good to go. There you go. So, um, on these these uh, bots, there's a big debate around you know whether there's AI or not, uh, whether it's just workflow automation. Do you have an opinion on that? Is that do, does is that even a relevant argument in your opinion? 
I, I get into arguments with Bill Borman about this all the time. Um, <laughs> He's, good think, He's good for yeah, that. Yeah. I think my bar for AI is much lower than many. Uh, there's a lot of intelligence required to understand what you just said. So if, when someone sends you a text message, if a bot is able to determine if, uh, if I answered the question or not, then it is, it's using uh, natural language processing, which in and of itself is an AI-based technology, um, to determine what you just said. And then it's got to make a decision, um, did you ask me a question or did you answer the question that I just asked you? Because sometimes when you ask a question of someone in an interview setting, they're not actually answering that. They're asking a, their own question that's, that's tangentially related. And if they're interacting with a bot, people do this really weird thing where they treat the bot like they would treat a human. I do it myself. I say please and thank you and all the stuff that you would do talking to a person. When I'm texting a bot, I know they're bots and I still do. I don't know why. And um, just like when you ask me a question, I might tangentially go off in the left field. Um, people do that in conversations with interviews. So there's some AI required just to know that. Did you, did you answer my question or did you do something else that I need to figure out? And that's a huge, that's surprisingly incredibly hard. Um, now on the retail thing, it's, it's very much on the rails. Like if, whatever you typed in, if that wasn't the right answer to my question, you're out of luck. And uh, the way that I've seen the bots handle it is they give multiple choice options and you have to pick one of the options. Okay. Uh, yeah. They don't, they don't give a lot of free form text uh, back and forth. Uh, but, it, but it doesn't matter. It's on the rails. It's supposed to be that way for those sort of uh, high volume gigs. Um, so there's, I think there's AI in there. It's, uh, it's a lot of process automation, which by the way, you know, assembly lines are good. Um, the, the robots that, that pick up a, uh, uh, a widget and add a, a bolt so that the next robot arm can add the next bolt, that automation is still automation that improves the process. It doesn't have to be smart. It just has to do its job. Right. Right. That's very true. I, I agree with you. Um, I've, uh, it, I love Bill, uh, and I appreciate the debate. Uh, but I, uh, as I go looking for the definition, I find the scientists that are really moving AI forward, um, you know, and, and they're not focused on our space They're These are, you know, everything I'm reading, it sounds more like your definition where, you know, if there's, it's, it's, it all falls with under AI and sure, some may be more complex or uh, more of a natural language, uh, more conversational to your point earlier than others. Others may be on rails, but uh, if the machine is applying even a bit of intelligence to move the process forward, there, it's, there's AI uh, and machine learning falls under that. So it's, um, that, that's, that's where I end up as well. I'm, I'm with you. Um, and and I, I think the, the employers, let me know if you agree with this, um, they, they're more worried about the outcome. They're not really worried about, you know, exactly what's under the hood. Uh, they want to know that the product will get them where they need to go uh, from, a, from a recruiting and a business perspective. Um, I haven't met anyone who is actually implementing this stuff who's that as worried about, about the, the purity of the AI. Um, well, that, that's exactly the case. I, um, and you know, it's funny. I had this argument, uh, with, um, and I was on the wrong side. I think I, they won me over, uh, with, with Alio when I first talked to them 
And I said, well, what, what's the level of AI in there? And they said, well, does it matter? We, we get the job done. And they, you know, they, they pointed out where the, some of the things I just said, where those things require a great deal of intelligence. Um, but, uh, but I was looking for true sort of conversational. And they said, conversational is not very useful when you're just trying to get a, a, a waiter to tell you where they've been a waiter. Right. It's not, it's not very useful to have a conversation about that. You just need information exchange and they're right for those sorts of jobs. It's exactly what's needed. And, uh, I think they, along with everybody else is trying to level themselves up into, in the, uh, higher value sort of, uh, skills related to, to hiring. And, um, I think we'll see more and more, uh, sort of leveled up and you'll see it creeping up the value chain over a period of time. Yeah. So, um, so all of this change is happening. Um, how, how do you see the recruiter? How do you see their role changing? You, you, you touched on it a little earlier. So I want to bring you back to that. You know, just, I know there's a lot of speculation here, but uh, thinking about where you're seeing success today, how do you see this technology impacting the, the role of the recruiter? Um, well, it's, it's interesting. So I, I had a, I, in my podcast I do with Andrew, we recounted this story of an interaction we had on Facebook where someone posted on one of the groups, why are there so many good recruiters that can't find jobs right now? And uh, Nin from um, Hiratual got on and he was very helpful and provided some suggestions. You know, maybe the, your, the, some of the places they're looking aren't the right types of places. And, you know, he was, he was trying to be helpful and I just very playfully jumped in and said, well, maybe it's because hire tools made everyone so efficient that they don't need as many recruiters. And, um, and I was just being playful with men. And it turns out this guy, he, he jumped in and said, well, I'm a 20 year veteran. I've been looking for a job for nine months and I can't find a job. So, you know, I, I clearly went the wrong direction there. Right. It's a very personal question right. that he was asking. Right. Right. And I was, I was going, and by the time that he, he joined in, there are two or three of us that are HR tech guys that had uh, started this whole debate on um, the impact of automation to the recruiting workforce. And um, when you make people more efficient, do you need fewer of them? And uh, there, was, there was a huge back and forth related to it. Um, at Ronstadt, we actually have, uh, specifically Ronstadt SourceRite, um, we're very clear on what the productivity targets are for, for our recruiters, right? In an outsourcing environment, um, that's, that's really something that's core to your business. So we, we know what those are. And what I'll say is with the automation piece, we have not taken that productivity number down significantly. Uh, we are expecting to have uh, the same number of people there, but doing different things. And the analogy that I'm using internally, externally, everywhere I have to make this analogy is it's less the Terminator taking over and we don't have Skynet here. What we have is we have an Iron Man suit and the bots that we've been talking about, they're like Jarvis. And Jarvis is handling all the stuff you don't want to do because you're Tony Stark, man. You're, do, you're doing Tony Stark stuff. And that's really what I believe is happening with recruiters in the future. Um, I think recruiters had this gap in things they should have been doing for a while. They just don't have time to do um, advisory services. For example, having conversations with a hiring manager, talking to them about the best places to find talent. And if they, 
add or remove a specific skill, what the impact on they're likely to fill a job when they need it will be. Okay. The, even the determination of, um, hey, you need this for an immediate project. Maybe you should hire a contractor instead of a, a full-timer because your project is uh, three quarters of the way through. You just need to fill a gap. And with our normal time to fill, we're not going to fill that gap before this thing's done. So those are the sorts of conversations that, that recruiters don't normally have with hiring managers, but I think they should. Um, and uh, we're, ro- we're rolling out a series of tools for recruiters to do that. Uh, I'm bringing data into that discussion, uh, a tool called the Talent Advisor Toolkit, just bringing in market data and uh, benchmarking that we have from filling jobs from lots of different people and, and things of that nature in order to provide them the basis of an advisory conversation. And the feedback that we got was really interesting. I was surprised by it. Um, so, well, uh, one other thing. At the same time, we're rolling out a thing called Talent Velocity, where we've taken a lot of the tools and technologies for automation and bots and all the stuff that, we're, that we've been talking about. Um, we've packaged those together into an integrated thing that we're rolling out it's simultaneously. So the idea is that we'll use the automation to free up their time and um, we'll provide them tools to be better advisors, ultimately, to their uh, to their hiring managers and other stakeholders. That's that's the idea. I needed people to test this thing out. I needed people to be the guinea pigs to try out the advisory tools and tell me what was good and what was, what was bad. So I rolled it out to a bunch of them and they were like, man, I don't have time for this. I'm too busy doing all this other stuff. And the stuff they're busy doing is stuff they don't want to do. So, and it's stuff that we're going to have the bots do later. And so I think we'll get to a place, but I couldn't even have people test this thing effectively before I took all this other busy work off their plate. And I think that's really what the bots are gonna do. I think that uh, the, the workflow automation that you see by having tools like a, a great people out there that's built on a concept of workflow automation, right. um, the, uh, the bots that you have just taking chunks of the process and doing it for you, the automated matching that, that we see, that's, that's really where the smartest AI I think is in this space is the automated matching determining here's what a job says, here's what the resume says, are those things a good fit? Um, those things are going to start uh, taking over a piece of the process that's not as value added as what a recruiter can do or a sourcer can do. Something that, that uh, you know, the recruiters are needed for creativity, they're needed for conversation, for advisory, for good ideas. And machines can't come up with their own ideas, at least not yet. And we need people to do that. So that's where I think we're shifting. I think we're shifting to a higher skill, higher value recruiter, um, a deeper, more um, rich conversation between recruiters and all of their stakeholders, including the candidates that, are, that they need to engage with uh, at the time. And uh, we're going to see the machines do all the other stuff that uh, recruiters uh, are stuck doing today that, that really are not very value-added. Well, that's, that's good. That's good to hear. Um, do, now, a lot of folks go to the candidate engagement. Um, it, it was interesting to hear you focus on uh, the sort of internal, you know, hiring manager engagement. Uh, is that because the, the nature of your business, uh, your, you know, do you already have candidate engagement locked? Or uh, is that just, will that also get more time, get more attention? Well, I think candidate engagement gets more attention, but it's um, it's an interesting sort of sort of way to look at it. 
I think we need the machines to make candidates feel like they're in a more human process. So candidates complain most about falling into a black hole and never hearing about what's happening with them. And uh, I think that a lot of it has to do with recruiter bandwidth. Uh, we have we have automation in our in our sort of uh, big ATS systems that sends a note that says, "Hey, we've got your resume. We'll let you know when we need to talk to you again." And basically, that's all they hear. They don't hear about anything else throughout the process unless a recruiter actively reaches out to them. With the bots, you can have an ongoing interaction. They could text the bot and say, hey, what's my status? And the bot can give them their status and give them some information about that. Uh, hey, currently you're at the, you've been submitted to the, uh, the hiring manager. Um, there's a total of six people who've been submitted to the manager. On average, people stay in this, in this stage for uh, 10 days. You've been in the stage for six days. You know, those are the sorts of things that we can start doing by having a bot uh, provide answers. The recruiter just doesn't have bandwidth to answer questions and get their status all the time. So I think that that's the sort of thing where um, some of the machines are going to make this feel more human. Now, that being said, we're also able to screen every single candidate, right? Recruiters only screen a percentage of candidates they think are the best fit. We can screen them all with a bot. and or with video or whatever else we'd like to screen with all, all the various technologies available to us. And um, the ones that we actually spend time with, the ones we have conversations with, it's a different conversation. We know if they're a fit or not. We've got tools that have told us the percentage of match they are. We've got tools that have screened them in. And the conversation becomes much more about, is this job a good fit for you? And it's a different conversation than the, tell me about this gap in your resume. Um, it's, it's more about, um, what are the things that you're looking for in a new job and how can I sell you this job? Right. And, uh, I think it's just, it's, it's a different conversation. I think the experience overall is far more positive, but it's not necessarily because the recruiter is, um, is more actively involved. I think machines actually make the experience better, uh, because they can provide feedback in a much cleaner way and people don't fall into that black hole. That's a really good point. I, it, well, it sounds like the that if if that's how things evol- are evolving, I, the recruiters are spending more time in engagement. They're just engaging with more candidates, and it's a smarter conversation. It's a it's a more maybe not smarter conversation. It's uh, uh, it's it's a better conversation that they're having um, about that job uh, fit um, versus screen. You know, continuing to screen. Um, that's, that's a really interesting take on, on things. Um, so, uh, that, that all said, uh, you know, you mentioned, uh, high volume, uh, you know, sort of retail, you know, uh, uh, less skilled, um, positions where this is, uh, these technologies are, are getting a foothold, do, do you see any difference, um, you know, otherwise, uh, whether it's, ju- you know, uh, geographically or uh, company size or any, anything else, or is it pretty much that the, the volume and, and job type that's, that's running it right now? I think all the rest of us are just experimenting, yep. right? So we're, we're trying this in lots of different places. I think uh, places where uh, people typically are not sitting behind a computer uh, are, are where I'm starting to see 
well, where I'm most interested in placing a bet, right? So if I'm if I'm looking for truck drivers, um, that truck driver is probably not sitting there with a laptop. They're far more likely to be uh, at lunch with a uh, with a uh, with a handheld device of some sort, an iPad or a or a phone or, or something like that. Right. Um, so that that's kind of where I'm seeing it. Nurses, for example, they're on their feet all the time, but they're not sitting behind a computer they can use for anything. They've got uh, it's certainly not recruiting purposes. They're surrounded by people on the floor, um, but they have their phones. So anywhere that the the audience that you're targeting is more likely to be mobile, um, or and perhaps not even in front of a computer for their job ever, uh, that seems like the place where I would where I'm starting, and where I would recommend people start. Um, but everywhere this is useful. I, one of the things I was talking to to uh, to one of the bot providers about was um, they don't seem to have coverage in like Skype for business or um, we, we use we're a Google shop. So we have hangouts, um, any of those tools that are sort of the common communication platforms, mm-hmm. Yammer, all of those things. Right. Um, but in, in the corporate environment, we, we, I am, but we, I am in, in these weird closed systems usual, usually. Um, and, uh, I think that that makes sense. If you're going to be interacting with, with people or even uh, with, with hiring managers or professionals that are in a corporate environment, even being able to reach them through their corporate IM might be important as well. So we've been tinkering with that a little bit and, and the idea of, of how to do that, um, especially if you're going to be talking to a hiring manager. So imagine a bot does an intake session and says, which of these skills is most important to you? Doing that over text messaging is weird for the hiring manager. Um, doing it over their uh, their internal IM platform, that feels very natural, honestly. So um, those are the sorts of things that, that I think we'll see shift as well. The medium of communication will, will have to vary depending on the audience. Well, that's, that, it, you know, it's sort of the other side of what we've been talking about, where if everything's smooth and, uh, you know, it's, it's a it ends up being a wreck that, uh, you know, the, the candidate pool looks good. The, you know, the, the metrics all line up as far as ability to generate candidates, uh, then the recruiters engage and, you know, come back with candidates. But if something's not lining up, whether it's compensation or, uh, job level or location or whatever, or that, you know, timing that you mentioned earlier, you know, the making the contract, um, or project decision versus full-time hire, then that's where the recruiter would engage with armed with that data that the system provided with that and those analytics. Um, it kind of all comes together hearing you talk, talk through it. Um, no, that's, that's uh, so, so that advisory role, that does make a lot of sense. Um, that makes a lot of sense. Um, look, I, I want to respect your time and I could keep going on this and throw a million hypotheticals at you, but, um, uh, I would also like to have you back. So I'll save a few things to, uh, to follow up with you on. Um, I really appreciate your time today. Is there, is there anything that, uh, you know, I didn't get at that you'd like everybody to hear about? Well, you asked ge- about geographic. The, the one other thing I didn't add was that um, most of these technologies that we're seeing are very English specific. Huh? So as I look globally, it's uh, I'm, I'm having trouble finding things that, that play well in Asia, for example. 
Um, lots of them say they can, but nobody really can very well. Um, every, all the bot platforms are based on a thing called Twilio. Um, and Twilio is sort of like the exchange. It's like, a, I don't know, it's the telco for, every, for everything. And right. they have a set of APIs that everybody taps into and they, they get their phone numbers that you text back and forth with from Twilio. And uh, that's sort of the gateway to SMS for most, actually for most of them, for all of them. Everyone uses Twilio uh, as sort of the, the foundation. Um, well, Twilio only has access to certain countries. They're missing uh, things like India. Uh, it's really difficult to get Malaysia-based phone numbers. Hmm. Um, so there's big gaps in capability um, where where Twilio has a gap. And there are companies like Text Recruit who started to bridge the gap in a few different ways. So um, they, they have a WhatsApp pilot that they're running. Um, other parts of the world don't communicate the same way we do. So um, you'll see that they don't use SMS as, free, as freely. Uh, they'll communicate on WhatsApp instead. Uh, so you'll see, uh, and then in China, it's WeChat. They're all on WeChat. Right. So it's a... Um, it's just different. And like I was saying, the, the mediums are going to be important for us. And uh, geographically, English-speaking, um, westernized countries uh, tend to be doing really, really well with these new technologies. Um, but uh, once you break out of English-speaking, things, things get pretty, pretty scarce at that point. And there's not a lot of options for you out there. And we're, we're digging around looking. I'm at, I've, I've been in Asia... Uh, twice in the last six months, actively looking at companies um, that uh, that we can we can utilize, and uh, I'm still not super thrilled with with what I'm running into. Okay. Wow! So that that you've got the core capabilities that are early, and then you've got this more um, advanced. Well, not advanced, but this this part of a core need if you're global uh, that the current cast of providers aren't really addressing yet. So it, it, it's what a challenging place to be in as a buyer, you know, do you, do you wait? Do you, I guess, I guess you, you take what you can get um, with the improvements um, that, uh, that you can leverage today. Um, and, you know, we're basically on a three year tech cycle these days anyhow. Right. So keep your eye on the, uh, the emerging um, languages and such. Yeah, it's, it's moving too fast to wait, right? So if I, if I wait a year, um, I'm going to get lapped by somebody. So right. I've got to go. Um, but uh, this, this one great thing about uh, being in my space, my competitors keep us on, our, on my toes. Um, we're, we're chasing this stuff together. and um, we, we have to kind of keep, keep pushing forward. Um, and I think it's, it's becoming, a, it's, what's interesting there is becoming a bit of a value add for RPO overall, right? So um, because it's so hard to keep up with it and we're required to, we don't have an option. We've got to stay, stay in the front of it. Um, we're starting to see some people say, all right, you take care of this. We'll, um, and we even contractually have stuff in there that says, uh, we bring innovation every X amount of, uh, months, um, where they're looking for the next biggest and best thing. So, um, yeah, we don't, we don't get to wait. You got to go, you got to <laughs> pick up stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Again, another reason why you've got the coolest job in the industry, Jason, that's the, uh, that's, uh, you get to, you get to evaluate all this stuff. Um, that's cool. Well, thanks. I love it. It's a, it's, <laughs> it's a good place. And, uh, I do get to, to work on some really interesting work. So, um, George, it's been a pleasure. I, I really appreciate your time today.
Thank you. Thanks for thanks for sharing all this insight with everybody. I, uh, I enjoyed it. I, I know they will as well. Uh, what a, is there any place people can find you? Are you speaking anywhere? Or will you be at any events in the next uh, couple of months? So uh, next event I have, I have a couple coming up in September. Uh, I'm on a, I am, I've grounded myself for most of the summer. I'm trying to enjoy my, my summer you. here. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to, to the next couple of months. But September, I'll be at HR Tech and at SourceCon both. And uh, they can come see me and hang out. And, um, and I, I love having conversations like this one. So um, if you want to uh, sit down and, and shoot the bowl with me, I'm happy to do it. Cool. Well, I'll see you at HR Tech. And uh, again, thanks for your time today. I really enjoyed it. Sure thing. See you then. I want to again thank my guest, Jason Roberts from Ronstad SourceWrite for sharing his insights and experience. I'm really looking forward to having him back. You can find Ronstad SourceWrite at www.ronstad, that's R-A-N-D-S-T-A-D, SourceWrite.com. I'd just like to remind you that if you're doing something interesting in HR or HR technology in any function, whether you're on the employer side or working for a tech vendor, I'd love to have you as my guest on HR Market Watch Future Work. How? Just email me at hrmw, that's hrm like market, w like watch, at hrwins.com, and we'll start the conversation there. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Talk to you next time.